Hey guys, welcome back to Relatable. This first post Roe v. Wade episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie for American meat delivered right to your front door. That's goodranchers.com slash Allie. Guys, why do the biggest things in news and politics happen when I am gone on vacation? Friday was the worst day for this to happen because I was traveling, so I couldn't give all the commentary and the analysis and the celebration that I wanted. Why didn't the Supreme Court consider me and my availability before publishing this hugely historic decision? But it's okay. I will forgive them because we got the outcome that we have been hoping for, that we have been praying for. I am so thankful and I'm so glad to be back after a wonderful vacation, by the way, that ended in a wonderful way with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And I'm so excited about today's episode because we've got so much to talk about and so much to cover and so much to unpack. But before we get into all of the nitty gritty, looking at the decision, refuting the propaganda, answering questions, I want to just pause for a second, actually for a few minutes. I want us to just take a step back and take this all in. Roe v. Wade, the decision that invented the right to abortion in the United States half a century ago, under which over 60 million babies have been brutally murdered, is gone. It is done. It is overturned. It is overruled. It is null and void. This is after 50 years of advocacy, 50 years of pregnancy clinics, helping women keep their babies through free services, through counseling, through parenting classes, free prenatal vitamins, free sonograms, free baby clothes, shelter, 50 years of praying outside abortion clinics, 50 years of Christians standing up and saying, I'll take your baby. 50 years of marching, of protesting, of rallying, of crying, of praying, of lobbying. 50 years of showing people the brutality, the violence of abortion. 50 years of showing people the humanity of life in the womb. 50 years of ministering to post-abortive women. 50 years of persuading, of educating, of informing. 50 years of standing firm against threats, against violence, against intimidation from pro-abortion activists, 50 years of showing up for women, children, families, 50 years of feeling like things will never, ever change, like legal justice is not possible, feeling like we could never achieve a future in which Roe was a thing of the past, 50 years of enduring what felt like setback after setback, 50 years of watching the pro-abortion side change from safe, legal, and rare to shouting their abortion and advocating unabashedly for abortion through all nine months for any reason funded by the taxpayer. We've watched as progressivism has started to dominate every single institution and like a conservative win was just impossible especially when it comes to abortion. We watched as New York City lit up the skyline pink in 2019, celebrating a new bill allowing for the murder of a child through nine months of pregnancy. We've watched as politicians and activists in California, in Colorado, in Alaska, in New Mexico, in New Jersey, in Maryland, Illinois, DC, and others have pushed the limits to abortion later and later without caring about viability or when the child can feel pain or the way the child shrinks back from the needle used in the second trimester to stop her heart from beating. 
We watched in 2019 as 41 Senate Democrats, including the current Vice President of the United States, opposed the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, which only require doctors to give life-saving care to infants after they survive an abortion, after they are out of the womb. We've listened to the testimonies of former abortionists and nurses who worked in facilities where abortions were performed. We've heard how fully formed babies are discarded like waste into trash bags. How babies who survive abortions are left to die, struggling to breathe in utility closets. We saw the previous governor of Virginia say on air, on the radio, that babies that survive abortion should be placed to the side while the parents decide if they want the child to live or die. We read about the crimes of Kermit Gosnell, the atrocities of Leroy Carhartt. We've talked about it time after time on this show and many other abortionists who induced labor. Then when the living baby enters the birth canal, cut a hole into their skulls and sucked their brains out before removing them and throwing them in the garbage. We saw photos just a few weeks ago of five babies in the second and third trimesters who were aborted in Washington, D.C., poisoned, crushed, suffocated. One of the girls, um, her skull was collapsed in the back where it seems like her brain was suctioned out and would have been what is now an illegal partial birth abortion. One of her eyes was still open in the photos looking directly into the camera. We saw that. We heard a few years ago the recordings of Planned Parenthood employees say that they sell baby body parts for money. We saw last year the photos of the scalps of aborted babies grafted onto mice for the purposes of research at the University of Pittsburgh thanks to a partnership the university has with the local Planned Parenthood. We have worked and we have waited year after year as hundreds of thousands and sometimes over a million babies. We are talking about living human beings have been legally killed in the United States. Their body parts discarded, thrown in the trash, burned or sold for money. All of this while we have watched technology and science develop for 50 years as the scientific and moral evidence for our position has become increasingly obvious. We know for a scientific fact that human life starts at conception. That's not a religious belief. That is a scientific fact. And abortion ends that human life. We know how that abortion ends life. And it's through brutal violence by poisoning in the first trimester. Later in the first and into the second trimester, by ripping limbs off with forceps while the baby is still alive in the womb so that she can be removed through the birth canal. Later in the second trimester, by inserting a needle, which is filled with the same chemical combination used in the lethal injection of murderers into the woman's abdomen, straight into the wiggling baby's heart until she has a heart attack and dies. In some places, partial birth abortion still happens in which the baby is partially delivered while her brain is sucked out through an incision in the back of her head. All of this, even as we have watched the age of viability because of science, because of modern medicine, because of technology get earlier and earlier, babies as young as 21 weeks have now survived outside the womb. We've seen these little people. There's no denying that they're human and abortion kills them. And it is never right to kill an innocent person. That's what it comes down to. One side believes it is sometimes okay to kill an innocent human being. Our side doesn't. 
That's it. It really is that simple. The pro-abortion side can try to obfuscate. They can try to distract. They use a million red herrings. They rely on euphemisms and fear-mongering and propaganda and deceit and all kinds of straw men. But what it comes down to is that the pro-choice, pro-abortion side believes that sometimes killing an innocent human being is okay, should be legal, should be justified. Our side doesn't. For 50 years, we have beat that drum. For 50 years, we've been saying murder of any person is wrong. No matter their location, no matter their socioeconomic status, no matter their size, no matter their stage of development, no matter their ability or disability, no matter their age, murdering an innocent person is wrong. Over the past few weeks, we've watched pro-abortion extremists vandalize and burn down pregnancy centers that do the very work that the pro-abortion side says that we don't do. Uh, They help poor women get the resources that they need before, during, and after birth. We've seen conservative Supreme Court justices doxed, their children threatened, while Twitter, quick to take down the account of someone who says that a woman is a woman, does nothing. We saw a pro-abortion man travel from California to Justice Kavanaugh's house to murder him. We've seen these pro-abortion activists disrupt church services, threaten to hurt and to kill pro-lifers. And yet, during all of this, since the draft was leaked in May, we've waited and we've hoped and we've prayed that that draft was not too good to be true, that we would see justice, that 50 years of dedication would pay off. And it did. For 50 years, we've been pushing policymakers to pass a law that can challenge Roe and Casey in the Supreme Court. And thank God for Mississippi, because that's exactly what it did. And we won, at least at the Supreme Court. 50 years of persistence, 50 years of torch passing, 50 years of gospel-powered work has led to the overturning of Roe v. Wade and KCV Planned Parenthood. Thank God. Thank God for his providence, for his faithfulness, his abundant mercy that in a country as depraved and as lost and as chaotic and as confused as ours, he has allowed us to experience some justice. Thank God that he used President Donald Trump and Senator Mitch McConnell, whatever you think about them, to appoint Justices Gorsuch and Kavanaugh and Coney Barrett. What a legacy. Thank God for Justices Alito, Justice Tom and, and, and Thomas, and, and yes, even Chief Justice Roberts. Half a century of unconstitutional injustice corrected by six justices who understand the simple reality that Roe was wrongly decided even as many liberal scholars agree. There is no constitutional right to abortion, and there never has been. Now listen, the demons and those who are filled with all manner of demonic activity are upset. I understand. There is much shrieking, much gnashing of teeth. There's lying. There is deceit, there is manipulation, there is propaganda, there are threats from the pro-abortion side, as we will talk more about later. And that is because they worship the father of lies. Lying is their nature. They breathe out deceit and destruction. They hate goodness. They hate love. They hate truth. They hate life. And there is disappointing, disheartening silence from Christians who claim to be pro-all life or pro-life from womb to tomb, yet have had nothing to say about this, even though they always have everything to say about things like police brutality 
and alleged racism and Donald Trump. Now the situation is too nuanced and too divisive for them to make a public statement. The literal murder of babies. So I understand it's hard for you, Christian, right now. It's hard for you, pro-lifer. You're discouraged. You're exhausted by what you're seeing. You're afraid because of the backlash, because you feel like you're surrounded by angry and confused and deceived and deceptive people, people that you thought you knew, people who are your friends. They're not celebrating this. They say that they're torn or they they don't know what to think or they're not celebrating this because they've believed lies about this. But before you get overwhelmed by these feelings or rather than getting overwhelmed by these feelings, which I can completely understand. Take a moment, Christian, take a moment to breathe. Take a moment to just consider, consider the time that we're in. Consider the goodness of God. Consider his grace. Consider his faithfulness. Rejoice. Praise him for this. Thank him for this. He is good. What a joy that we have gotten to see this decision in our lifetimes. There are people who worked in the anti-abortion movement their whole lives who did not live to see this day. What a gracious, glorious thing to get to experience, especially when it feels like everything is getting exclusively worse in this country, that we are only spiraling downward, that we are only going to hell in a handbasket. The truth is every era has a mixture of really good and really bad. Every generation sees both injustice and justice, both depravity and godliness. God is still working, Christian. He doesn't need the political institutions of the United States to do that. He doesn't need good PR or flashy headlines in order to do his work and get praise for it. He is working in and through his church. He is still doing the impossible, what seems impossible to us anyway. He is still as we see him do throughout scripture, stacking the odds against himself just to knock them down for our good and his glory. And this would all be true, by the way, if Roe were still in place. But isn't it so wonderful that it's not? Isn't it such a testimony to what God can choose to do through the consistent obedience of his people? So, just for a moment, let us drown out the noise. Let us ignore the vitriol and the disappointing silence from some professing Christians And just take it in. God is good. This really happened. We really get to live through it. Our children get to live through it. And your future children get to live in a country where Roe v. Wade doesn't allow the right to abortion across the country. Abortion is no longer seen as a constitutional right, which means some states are going to ban it, which means thousands and thousands of little baby lives will be saved. I know you're hearing the lie that they won't be, that this won't deter abortions at all. That's a lie. It absolutely will. The harder it is to get abortion, the fewer abortions there will be. And the church is going to continue to do what we've always done, what we are constantly accused of not doing, but what we have always done really well. We're going to love women, children, moms, dads, families in need. Christians are to think for Hospitals, for orphanages, for the majority of refugee resettlement organizations, special needs organizations, organizations that feed and care for the poor, crisis pregnancy centers, and so much more. Uh, Christianity is to think for the foundation of these things, for basically inventing these things. 
The vast majority of altruism in the volunteer programs today that meet the needs of the vulnerable in this country and in the world were founded by Christians and today are still run by Christians for the most part. Every movement toward true justice and equality has been spearheaded by Christians. Every religion has perpetrated injustices like slavery. And in fact, most of the Muslim world today still practices chattel slavery. Christianity, however, is solely responsible for its abolition in the West. If it were not for William Wilberforce's belief in the gospel, abolition would not have happened how and when it did. If it weren't for Dietrich Bonhoeffer's or Corrie Tin Boom's faith in Christ, we wouldn't have the same stories we do of, of resistance to the Nazi regime. Christianity has done more good for more people than any other entity or force in the world by far, period. And we will, by the grace of God, keep doing that. We will not be deterred. We will not be intimidated. We will not be shut up. We will not sit down. We will not slow down. We will double down. We will not stop advocating against abortion. We won't stop showing up for moms considering abortion. We won't stop pushing policies and providing resources that make it as easy as possible for parents to raise their kids. We're not going to stop. Not now, not ever. If you're worried about the future of abortion in this country, you should be. Because we are just getting started. Now, we are going to get into some of the details of this decision and what it actually means, what's true, what's not. But I just wanted to make sure that we've set the stage for where we are and that we take in this moment. I'm so thankful. I, I also just want to say before I get into this first sponsor that I'm thankful for all of you, for every bit of courage, for every bit of obedience, for every time you stood up and said something when you were scared to because you were scared of the pushback, you were scared of the backlash. Every time you said something on social media or to one of your pro-choice friends or every time you sacrificed a Saturday or an evening of your life to go volunteer at a pregnancy center, every single second of effort that you have put towards the pro-life movement has brought us to where we are. God has used that. God has used what you might see as small obedience to bring us to a place of justice and of hope for even more justice for the unborn. So remember that your words matter, your actions matter, your obedience matters, and that the courage is worth it, that it does something. It might take multiple generations, but your obedience is worth it and God and his grace can use it. So good job. Keep going. Keep doubling down. Don't be afraid. God uses our courage and our obedience for society's good and for his glory. All right, before we get into the details, let me tell you about our first sponsor for the day. That is Naturally It's Clean. I love this company. I love their products. I've shown you some of their products before. They're a home cleaning company. They're dedicated to providing the most effective cleaning products for your home while reducing the use of harmful chemicals. Their secret is powerful plant-based enzymes, which is nature's solution to cleaning. When I say powerful, I'm talking like hospital-grade enzyme cleaning power, but without the, you know, reeking smell of hospital chemicals. It's just that strong, but it is still much more natural, much less toxic, much safer than other 
competing cleaning products. They have safer chemistry formulas to clean every area of your home, from the bathroom to your hardwood floors, to your kitchen, your furniture, your carpets. I absolutely love them. Try their products for yourself. Right now, my listeners can get their hands on the Naturally It's Clean Allie's Essential Starter Kit, stocked with four great products for 15% off. Just go to naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie. Use promo code Allie for 15% off. That's naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie. Code Allie, naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie. All right, now let's get into the details and into some of the responses and lies about this ruling and about abortion in general. So the decision that was published on Friday, Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Clinic, that effectively reversed America's two landmark abortion cases, Roe v. Wade and KCV Planned Parenthood, is obviously historic. We just explained partly why that is true. This is something that we a lot of people really never saw coming, at least until recently. These cases, Roe and Casey, they're typically referred to in that way, declared abortion a right under the 14th Amendment or under some kind of right to privacy. Justice Samuel Alito wrote for the majority. It's very similar. His final his final decision, his final ruling is actually very similar to the draft that we saw leaked in May. By the way, it's still crazy that we don't know who leaked that draft. I think we expected that we would know their name very quickly. We still don't know their name, which is wild. I'm still very curious about how all of that has gone down at the Supreme Court. But he writes for the majority and he argues that the 14th Amendment does not guarantee a right to an abortion and that abortion law should be decided by the state. So let's make that clear for the bajillionth time because I got a, a I got a lot of messages from well many people saying, hey, what does the bill say about this? What does the bill say about that? There, there are no bills. This is not a bill that has been passed. This is a decision that made a ruling about a Mississippi law that tried to restrict abortion after 15 weeks. And in essence, it has overturned Roe v. Wade and Casey v. Planned Parenthood. Now, because of this ruling, because the court has said there is no constitutional right for abortion, that means that some states, as we will get into in a little bit, are going to more heavily restrict or ban abortion. So this does not rule that abortion is banned or restrict abortion in any way. There's no conversation in this um, in this decision about the morality of abortion. It's not a it's not about that. It's about whether or not there's a constitutional right to abortion and whether or not states are free to make decisions, legislative decisions about abortion. So the court held that the states do have that freedom. So if you're in somewhere like California or Oregon or D.C. or these liberal states, abortion is not only not going anywhere, but tragically access to abortion will probably be expanded. So here's some of what Justice Alito writes for the majority opinion. Held, the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Roe and Casey are overruled, and the authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people and their elected representatives. So he explains the nature of the court's error, and what he means by that is the error that was made by the Supreme Court in ruling Roe and in ruling Casey. He says, like the infamous decision in Plessy v. Ferguson, Roe was also egregiously wrong and on a collision course with the Constitution from the day it was decided. 
Casey perpetuated its errors, calling both sides of the national controversy to resolve their debate. But in doing so, Casey necessarily declared a winning side. Those on the losing side, those who sought to advance the state's interest in fetal life, could no longer seek to persuade their elective representatives to adopt policies consistent with their views. The court short-circuited the democratic process by closing it to the large number of Americans who disagreed with Roe. So again, as we often say, the left talks a a lot about democracy, the importance of democracy. They're anti-fascist. If you are truly democratic, which I argue today's left is not, they're authoritarian. They use the word democracy to actually describe authoritarianism that they like. They use the word authoritarian to describe democracy that they don't like, which is certainly the case here. They're calling the Supreme Court illegitimate which is something leftists do when they lose. Um, they are saying that we should disband or expand the Supreme Court and then pack it with liberal activist justices. This is not a one-off thing that I'm seeing on Twitter. This is a very prevalent talking point that you're seeing from left-wing activists on Twitter. And um, they are showing their hand. They're showing how deceitful they truly are because Roe v. Wade and, Planned Parenthood and Casey v. Planned Parenthood actually short-circuited the democratic process. If you really care about democracy, Democracy, if you really want people's voices to be heard, then abortion should be left up to a Democratic vote in the states. But once again, the left doesn't actually care about democracy. They would rather the Supreme Court simply rule the way they want them to rule and people to be forced um, to live under the law that progressives want them to live under and not give the opposing side a voice in that. So if you really care about democracy, you should actually be happy with this ruling, even if you are pro-abortion. So he explains more of the problems with Roe and Casey. One of the problems he says was that the court's definition of personhood and viability um, was totally arbitrary in Roe, that it wasn't based on any objective reasoning or science. And Casey didn't even attempt to more clearly define or better argue that. Roe and Casey both said there's a constitutional right to abortion, at least to the point of viability. But Alito says, look, that's a very arbitrary standard because a baby born at 24 weeks, say in a rich area with good medical care, could be able to survive outside the womb. But uh, a baby at the same gestation in another part of the country with um, with worse medical care may not be able to survive outside the womb. So it's just a very arbitrary standard to say, well, this is when a fetus becomes a person and may have a right to life. But by the way, there are many states that actually allow abortion through all nine months of pregnancy, even post viability. So what Roe and Casey even initially intended has been expanded by the states to achieve access to abortion far, uh, far past that 24 week point. Um, so the uh, Justice Alito goes on to say that Mississippi's Gestational Age Act is supported by the Mississippi legislature's specific findings, legislature specific findings, which include the state's assertive interest in protecting the life of the unborn. These legitimate interests provide a rational basis for the Gestational Age Act, and it follows that respondents' constitutional challenge must fail. Our decision returns the issue of abortion to those legislative bodies, and it allows women on both sides of the abortion issue to seek to affect the legislative process by influencing public opinion. Wow, democracy. Lobbying legislators voting and running for office. Women are not without electoral or political power. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast ballots is consistently higher than the percentage of men who do so. 
The court emphasizes, now, this is a talking point that you're hearing a lot on the left, and he refutes the talking point that this decision has anything to do with gay marriage or birth control or interracial marriage or any of the dumb things that you're hearing from the left about this. He says the court emphasizes that this decision concerns the constitutional right to abortion and no other right. Nothing in this opinion should be understood to cast doubt on precedents that do not concern abortion. Now... I will say that Justice Thomas says something a little bit different in his concurrence, but we'll talk about that in just a second. Justice Alito also very directly argues against Chief Justice Roberts's approach, which predictably is kind of middle of the road. Chief Justice Roberts agrees he's still in the majority here. It's a 6-3 decision, but he really didn't want to deal with the issue of whether or not abortion is a constitutional right. Justice Alito just disagrees with that approach. I mean, that's what Chief Justice Roberts has kind of done in the past. He just kind of punts the ball. He kicks the can down the road over and over again. Thankfully, Justice Alito was not persuaded by that at all. He explains that very thoroughly in this opinion, why they had to deal with this issue of whether or not abortion is a constitutional right. Justice Alito says this in another part of his opinion. He says, abortion presents a profound moral question. The Constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortion. Roe and Casey arrogated that authority. The court overrules those decisions and returns that authority to the people and their elected representatives. The judgment of the Fifth Circuit is reversed and the case is remanded for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. It is so ordered. Awesome. Now, here is Justice Thomas, uh, literally, I think, the most brilliant conservative voice in the country. He is far more consistent or far more consistent. Yes, but far more conservative than the current Republican Party. The Republican establishment is not nearly as conservative as Justice Thomas. And yet most of the conservative base is just as conservative as Justice Thomas. Certainly the leading parts of the conservative base, conservative media is just as conservative as Justice Thomas. Um, Not Fox News conservative media, but the rest of us out here, the true conservatives. Um, And so, of course, I really respect his opinion and I love how clearly he lays out why he is joining the majority opinion of the court. He says this, I join the opinion of the court because it correctly holds that there is no constitutional right to abortion. Respondents invoke one source for that right. The 14th Amendment's guarantee that no state shall deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. The court well explains why, under our substantive due process precedents, the purported right to abortion is not a form of liberty protected by the due process clause. Such a right is neither deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition nor implicitly in the concept of ordered liberty. Then he breaks down a little bit more why Roe v. Wade was wrongly decided. Before I read that, let me pause once again, tell you about our second sponsor for the day. And this is Healthy Cell. This is an awesome product. I've been taking it myself. And so I love to give my endorsement to this. Have you ever wondered why the vitamins that you're taking don't actually seem to be working very well? Or have you ever wondered if all those vitamin supplements that you're taking on a daily basis, if they're really effective, more than 240 million Americans take supplements daily in pill form, but they don't get the promised results because these 
pills are not well absorbed. There is a better type of dietary supplement on the market that comes from Healthy Cell, one that actually absorbs into your body far better. It is a new ingestible gel that not only tastes great, but has 165% more absorption than pills. It uses a new technology called Microgel to deliver maximum absorption. Those old-fashioned tablets and capsules contain synthetic other ingredients that can actually irritate the lining of your stomach, but that is not the case with Healthy Cell. It's ultra-absorbable nutrient particles inside a natural gel made of gut-healthy ingredients like soluble fiber, citrus pectin, acacia gum, and water. No artificial sweeteners, flavorings, and colorings. You get all the nutrients that you get in your regular supplements, but in a way that is better for you and absorbs even better. So go to HealthyCell.com slash Allie. Use code Allie at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com slash Allie. Code Allie. HealthyCell.com slash Allie. So Justice Thomas says this, Quote, in Roe v. Wade, the court divined a right to abortion because it felt that the 14th Amendment's concept of personal liberty included a right of privacy that is broad enough to encompass a woman's decision whether or not to terminate her pregnancy. In Planned Parenthood v. Casey, the court likewise identified an abortion guarantee in the liberty protected by the 14th Amendment, but rather than a right of privacy, it invoked an ethereal right to define one's own concept of existence, of meaning, of the universe, and of the mystery of human life. Literally, guys. Tens of millions of babies have been brutally murdered based on that. That is not constitutional. That is not logical. And the hilarious thing is, is that people are saying that this decision, that the Dobbs decision that was just released is based on religious belief, is based on superstition, is based on what the Bible says. When people say that, make them point you to the exact line in this decision in which Thomas or which in which Alito or Kavanaugh or any of these conservative justices reference their faith as the reason for this decision. They won't because they can't. When they say separation of church and state, this is about Christian nationalism imposing their views on everyone. Make them point you to the exact line in this decision in which any of the conservative justices invoke their faith as the reason for this decision. And then make them tell you why, logically and constitutionally, they disagree with what Justices Alito and Thomas are saying here. They won't because they can't. In fact, Casey was decided on superstition and on some kind of pseudo-religious belief that abortion is a right because there's a right to define one's own concept of the universe and the mystery of human life. I mean, talk about religious propaganda. Thomas also really takes issue with this idea of substantive due process. So he says the due process clause at most guarantees process. He's talking about in the 14th Amendment. It is not as the court substantive due process cases suppose forbid the government to infringe certain fundamental liberty interests at all, no matter what process is provided. As I've previously explained, substantive due process is an oxymoron that lacks any basis in the Constitution. The resolution of this case is thus straightforward because the due process clause does not secure any substantive rights. It does not secure a right to abortion. He says that while he agrees with Justice Alito that other decisions, like Obergefell, which is the decision on gay marriage, or Griswold, the right to obtain birth control, are not now up for grabs, 
um, that this should, he says, call into question the constitutional basis of these other decisions when it comes to applying them as precedent for future cases, because these decisions were based on what he calls an entirely erroneous idea of due process, this erroneous idea of substantive due process. He doesn't argue that the right for gay people to be married or for people to get birth control doesn't exist. He just argues that the way those cases were decided was wrong, that they're actually on very shaky ground. So all the fear mongering craziness you're seeing out there by people saying, oh, they're coming for gay marriage. They're coming for interracial marriage. They're coming for birth control. Again, make them explain to you exactly why they think that what in the decision makes them think that despite what Alito explicitly said. Now, if they mention what Justice Thomas said, then ask them to explain to you clearly and specifically why they disagree with Thomas's critique of substantive due process. You can wait. You're 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 patient enough to hear their very thorough explanation that, quite honestly, I'm sure that they do not have because not even the dissent really addresses that constitutionally. And so, again, this is going to be a theme that I say when someone makes a claim about this decision about abortion law in the United States, rather than you going on the defense, you make them go on the defense. You make them point you to the exact line in the exact bill in the exact state that says that, for example, ectopic pregnancy treatment is not going to um, is not going to be taken care of because of abortion law. That is an absolute lie. That is not true. That people won't be able to get miscarriage treatment. That is a lie. That is not true at all. But when they make claims like that or when they say that a woman's right to vote is somehow going away, you make them cite it. And not just with, you know, a Salon article, you make them cite the line in this decision or cite the line in this specific piece of state legislation that proves their claim. You don't go on the defense. You make them defend their lies. Thomas goes on to say, now today, the court rightly overrules Roe and Casey, two of this court's most notoriously incorrect substantive due process decisions after more than 63 million abortions have been performed. The harm caused by this court's forays into substantive due process remains immeasurable. He's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. I think Justice Kavanaugh um, makes his point very clearly. I do have an issue with it and kind of an issue with all of this um, a little bit, even while I very much respect the majority's opinion and their knowledge of the Constitution more than my own. Um, let me read you what Justice Kavanaugh said, and then I'll be able to explain why I kind of take issue with it. So he says, the issue before this court uh, is not the policy or morality of abortion, which that is true. The issue before this court is what the Constitution says about abortion. This is something that, to me, progressives don't seem to understand at all. The Constitution does not take sides on the issue of abortion. Eh, that's what I'm not so sure about. He says the text of the Constitution does not refer to or encompass abortion because the Constitution is neutral on the issue of abortion. Justice Kavanaugh says this court also must be scrupulously neutral. The nine unelected members of this court do not possess the constitutional authority to override the democratic process and to decree either a pro-life or pro-choice abortion policy for all 330 million people in the United States. Anyone, any true liberal who cares about democracy should agree with Justice Kavanaugh. But again, Leftism is very authoritarian in the United States. Instead of adhering to the Constitution's neutrality, the court in Roe took sides on the issue and unilaterally decreed that abortion was legal throughout the United States up to the point of viability, about 24 weeks of pregnancy. The court's decision today properly returns 
the court to a position of neutrality and restores the people's authority to address the issue of abortion through the process of democratic self-government um, established by the Constitution. Now, is the Constitution neutral on abortion? Now, I would argue no, because the 14th Amendment says that the state cannot deprive a person of life without due process of law or deprive people of equal protection of laws. So you can only say that the Constitution is neutral on abortion if you do not consider a baby in the womb a person, right? Robert George is a professor at Princeton University, and he argues this in the Washington Post. It's Fourth Amendment, the Constitution's 14th Amendment. Um, the 14th Amendment, however, entitles unborn children to the protection, indeed the equal protection of the laws. States that fail to protect the rights of the unborn violate this guarantee because state laws allowing elective abortion necessarily deprive a class of human beings, those at the earliest stages of development of the equal protection of the laws, they violate constitutional rights. Such laws render generally applicable statutes against homicide inapplicable to a disfavored class of persons and expose the unborn children to lethal violence. These are precisely the sort of wrongs that the 14th Amendment was designed to rectify. So I'm just not sure that it's true that the Constitution is neutral on abortion. I think that we can say um, that it should, um, that this should go to Congress, that this should be an issue of a constitutional amendment declaring that preborn children have a right to life. You could still say that that is not the court's responsibility or jurisdiction to kind of declare by judicial fiat uh, what states can or cannot do or what the government can or cannot do on this issue. But I don't know that it's true. I don't know that it's right to say the Constitution is neutral on abortion when the 14th Amendment exists. Justice Blackman, who wrote the majority opinion for Roe v. Wade, said this. The appellee argues that the fetus is a person within the language and meaning of the 14th Amendment. In support of this, they outlined at length and in detail the well-known facts of fetal development. If this suggestion of personhood is established, the appellant's case, of course, collapses, for the fetus's rights to life would then be guaranteed specifically by the amendment. The appellant conceded as much on re-argument. And then, unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, as in his bad decision led to the murder of tens of millions of people. Blackman went on to argue for what we now know are very silly reasons that the baby is not a real person and that a right to privacy is somewhere found in the nooks and crannies of the Constitution that magically grants a woman a right to an abortion. Uh, but this court essentially ruled that abortion is a procedure that a state can decide um, to legalize or not. It did not define exactly the personhood of the baby. And this is the part that left-wingers do not seem to understand, that conservatives do, which is why when the left loses a Supreme Court case, they freak out and they riot and they perpetuate violence and conservatives don't. You didn't see conservatives riot and burn after Obergefell said that gay marriage was a constitutional right. That's because A, progressivism is a is a cult-like religion, very often fueled by violence, and B, because progressives seem completely incapable of comprehending that the Supreme Court does not decide on the morality or righteousness or goodness of a thing, but rather whether that thing is actually constitutional. And I mean, that's how they're supposed to decide. That's not how liberal justices decide. Liberal justices are entirely reliable in the sense that they will always 
make their decisions based on how left-wing political winds are blowing. You will notice in the dissent there is um, uh, there are very few references to the Constitution at all. So it is very clear that many leftists do not comprehend this, which is why they rely on lying, on propaganda, on fear-mongering, also because abortion, when you actually say what the procedure is, what the procedure actually entails, it's very hard to be for it. That's why they don't talk about what 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 it entails. That's why they don't like the pictures of aborted babies. That's why they don't pay any attention to Kermit Gosnell or to the five babies that were aborted in Washington, D.C. That's why... They won't even talk about uh, fetal development. They won't talk about the truth or the science of gestation or the reality of what happens in an abortion because the truth hurts their side. Look, if the truth hurts your side, then you are on the wrong side. You're on the wrong side. Okay, we're going to talk about some reactions in just one second. Let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day. And that is, of course, Good Ranchers. All right, there are two things that you need for July 4th, fireworks, and, of course, good old-fashioned American steak. It's easy to get good fireworks. There's a vendor on every corner, but it is not easy to get good, sustainably sourced, ethically raised American meat that tastes really good. That is why you need to buy your meat from Good Ranchers. Right now, they are giving away two free 18-ounce prime buys with my code Allie. Good Ranchers is an award-winning subscription company that delivers American meat right to your front door. They sell, they sell steakhouse-quality beef, chicken, and seafood that's superior to what you're buying at the grocery store, all American-raised. You can do a one-time purchase to try it out or subscribe and get $25 off every box for the life of your subscription. It's an amazing product delivered right to your door every four, six, or eight weeks. Makes your life so much easier, and it truly is good. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie or use my code Allie at checkout to get your two free 18-ounce ribeyes. Shop Good Ranchers today. It's American meat delivered. So you're seeing a lot of silly reactions, and I wish that I could get through all of them. I wish that I could go through every threat of violence every doxing effort, every intimidation effort from people on the left. I don't have time to go through all of them. I'm going to have to kind of wrap up quickly, but I want to read you some reactions from not just random people, but we're talking blue checkmark activists and journalists on Twitter. So Abby Martin says millions will be forced into motherhood because of six unelected religious extremists. A minority right wing is ascendant and useless Democrats will only use this war on our rights to fundraise, not fight. Roe was only enshrined because of a militant feminist movement and we can do it again. It's really incredible how not used the left is to losing. They win and dominate every single institution almost every single policy. The political winds have been blowing their direction nonstop and very strongly for the past several decades. Like you understand that 10 years ago, no one really understood what transgenderism was. That 10 years ago, most of the country wasn't even interested in legalizing gay marriage. Isn't that crazy? Gay marriage was legalized in 2015 when the majority of the country did not think that homosexuality should be accepted and that gay marriage should be made legal. That's just 10 years ago. And now we're having drag queen story hour that is actually endorsed by mainstream democratic politicians like you're actually defending men dressed as women with fake boobs twerking and doing the splits in front of children for money yeah leftism has been on the march undeterred 
And for the past several decades and in the past 10 years alone, the moral and sexual revolution pushed by progressives has completely taken the country by storm. And now, only now, are conservatives pushing back in the hopes that it's not too little too late. And so they're so not used to losing that every time they do lose to a, a, a totally fair process, they claim um, that it's authoritarianism. I mean, that's why, of course, when Trump won, they said that it was uh, that it was Russian collusion, that he didn't win fair and square. And then they turned around and they made fun of Trump supporters who said that the 2020 election wasn't fair and square. And so they're hypocrites when it comes to this. They actually hate democracy. They hate the uh, the dissenting opinion having any say at all. And they just simply call it fascism. Um, Michael Tracy says the Mississippi law um, that the Supreme Court upheld today bans abortion after 15 weeks. France bans abortion after 12 weeks. So he makes a really good point because he's responding to Emmanuel Macron, the president of France, who said abortion is a fundamental right for all women. It must be protected. I wish to express my solidarity with the women whose liberties are being undermined by the Supreme Court of the United States. So most states in the United States, especially pre-Roe, have much more liberal abortion laws than France. Most countries in Europe actually ban abortion after 12 weeks, except for in the cases of life of the mother. Isn't that wild? I mean, we're talking about Republican states here in the United States that have far more liberal abortion laws than most places in Europe. Most liberals, I, I realized, only learned this in the past few days. They didn't actually know this. And by the way, if you didn't know that, which is readily available information online, you should not be reporting on abortion. And yet leftists are freaking out as if the Supreme Court is forcing this fascist, dictatorial, Christian nationalist, handmaid's tale America, when in fact our abortion laws are barbaric. There are only seven other countries in the world, including China and North Korea, that allow abortion for any reason after 20 weeks. Like you understand in Florida and in Virginia right now, in Florida and Virginia right now, these are two Republican states. Uh, Florida is now a very Republican state. You know that you can get an abortion for any reason to 24 weeks of pregnancy in those two Republican states. Now, Florida is about to enact a 15-week ban I'm starting July 1st, but that's still more liberal than France, which is considered a very liberal country. So again, this is just another point of propaganda that just doesn't make any sense. It has no alignment with the facts whatsoever. We are far more liberal in the United States on abortion than almost any other country. Uh, President Joe Biden says, with this decision, the conservative majority of the Supreme Court shows how far removed they are from the majority of the country. It doesn't matter. That's not the Supreme Court's job. The Supreme Court's job is not to be in connection with politically how the United States feels. That's not what it's about. They are supposed to interpret the Constitution, uh, imply the Constitution and interpret the laws. Their job is not to go along with what the American people want. It's just not. That's why we have three branches of government and checks and balances. That's why we have federalism. That's why we have state legislatures. That's not the Supreme Court's job. They are not elected because we want them to be as neutral and as impartial as possible. And Joe Biden perpetuates this lie that we just debunked. They have made the United States an outlier among developed nations in the world. Wrong. We are an outlier because we allow abortion for so long. Barack Obama says today the Supreme Court 
not only reversed nearly 50 years of precedent, it relegated the most intensely personal decision someone can make to the whims of politicians and ideologues. No, that's what it was before this. No, I mean, it was actually abortion was actually according to the whims and the ideologies of the unelected Supreme Court. Now, the unelected Supreme Court is saying, look, there is no right to abortion uh, according to the Constitution. And so now people with political power can push push their legislatures to make particular policies. He says this attacks the essential freedoms of millions of Americans. Twitter was pushing this tweet really hard because whenever I would search anything um, about like abortion or a particular state name on Twitter to try to find another tweet about that, this tweet would come up even though none of the words that I was searching for are in that tweet. So that's just one example of um, how Twitter works. Of course, Barack Obama is completely wrong on this. There are several companies that have declared that they are going to pay for their employees to have abortions because it's cheaper than maternity care um, or maternity leave. And so in order to make sure that the women who work for them are good little drones and work 90 hours a week without being distracted by a baby, they are seeing that they are going to pay women to travel out of state to get abortions if if they need or if they desire. So this includes but is not limited to Disney, Expedia, Dix, PayPal, Bank of America, Patagonia, JP Morgan Chase, Citibank, Tesla, Amazon, Microsoft, CVS, Biogen, Yelp, Cigna, T-Mobile, Airbnb. There are several, several more. This is according to the head of um, Public Square. So Public SQ app, Public Square app. They have been an advertiser on the show in the past. They show you the companies that you can support that actually support the values um, that you do. So it's so hard not to... Um, not to go to these places and not to work with these places. I think that we simply have to do the best that we can. Um, there were also, I don't have time to show you, but there were several protests, several just disgusting display of demonic activity at these protests. Like you can see it in the women who are protesting versus the women who are celebrating a win for life. You've got the people on this side who are celebrating the win for life, who look wholesome, who look peaceful, who look fulfilled, who look pretty who look clean like I don't know how else to say that and then you've got the people on the other side protesting for the so-called right to abortion who I'm not even I'm not talking about their physical attributes like they may be very pretty people I'm not when I say pretty and beautiful I'm not actually talking about that I'm I'm talking about something that emanates actually from the inside they're they're just ugly again I'm not talking about like their facial features I'm talking about the ugliness that is bubbling up from their soul that makes them look so angry and haggard and scary and ugly. I don't know how else to say that. So there are threats that have continued. Um, there are TikTokers who are posting the justices' addresses. There are use, There's user after user on social media saying that they are going to assassinate the Supreme Court uh, justices and bomb the Supreme Court. And uh, that just shows you what side is the right side. That just shows you, once again, if you didn't already know that murdering a baby was wrong, this is light versus darkness. It's not right versus left. It is light versus darkness. It is demonic activity versus uh, godliness and the side of life. It really is that simple. So make sure 
that you are on the side of truth and justice here. We'll be talking more about this this week. Let me tell you about our last sponsor for the day before we get out of here, and that is Annie's Kit Club. So every month they'll get you, you and your children will get a new shipment of crafts with all the special supplies and instructions that you need to make a project. So these kits can boost your girls' activity with different kinds of craft kits. You can encourage your young builders with woodworking kits. You can support all the STEM subjects they learn in school with fun, hands-on projects. Andy's Kit Clubs makes it easy to keep your kids engaged and constructive even when school is out. They have kits for you too with Andy's Creative Woman Club. So you can go to andyskitclubs.com slash Allie. Get your first month 75% off. That's andyskitclubs.com slash Allie for 75% off your first month. andyskitclubs.com slash Allie. All right, so much more to say that we will be covering for the rest of this week. Um, thank you guys so much for following along on Instagram as I was reacting to all of this um, last week. And thanks for joining me back here today. I will see you guys tomorrow.